This is episode 104 of the Dear Discreet Guide Trouble at Work podcast. This episode is titled, The San Diego Food Bank Steps Up. This episode is part of our daily or near-daily series during the pandemic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work, where we talk about work, working, and how to make work better. If it's work-related, we're on it. Who knew talking about work would be this much fun? I'm Jennifer Crittenden, a former CFO and host of the show, and thank you for joining our quest to improve our workplaces. Let's do this. I'm really delighted to welcome a new guest to the show. Jim Floros is with us today from the San Diego Food Bank. I will uh, introduce him. He joined the San Diego Food Bank from the Burn Institute, uh, which is a nonprofit dedicated to reducing fire and burn injuries and deaths, where he served as executive director and CEO from 1992 to 2001. Before that, he was a director with Project Concern International a development agency that provides clean drinking water and immunizations in the poorest regions of the world. Uh, There are several interesting initiatives here in his bio related to the food bank that uh, we'll get into during our conversation today. And he has really a lot of civic activities in his past, but I won't go into all of those. I'll just say that while he was at the Burn Institute, he was awarded the National Burn Prevention Award from the American Burn Association and the Maltese Award from San Diego County Fire Chiefs Association. He's held many positions and uh, been on the boards of directors for numerous organizations. He was board chair for the International Federation of Burn Foundations and chair of the Chula Vista Civil Service Commission. And I could go on and on. I'll just say he was born and raised in Wisconsin and is a Packers fan for life and an avid golfer. He lives in San Diego with his wife and two children. Welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thanks so much for having me. There was this really great photograph on the San Diego Union website that caught my eye of this impressive line of hundreds of cars, if not more, lining up to get food a few days ago from the San Diego Food Bank. Can you tell us what that event was and are there other events that are planned like that? So yes, well, that is part of our uh, stepping up to the plate during the COVID-19 crisis. We don't normally do mass distributions but we're seeing such a spike in demand from um, our nonprofit partners and just trying to shorten those lines a little bit. So we've uh, planned four mass distributions. That was our first one down at San Diego County Credit Union uh, Stadium. We did a thousand cars, which is roughly about 4,000 people. And it was very well run. Uh, We partnered with the San Diego Imperial County uh, Labor Council and they've done these type of events before. So they were uh, the pros and they really, we learned a few th- tricks of the trade with uh, with them, and it was a great day. And we got through a thousand cars in less than ninety minutes. Yeah, really, the photographs were really uh, heartwarming. It was a really great story. So, tell us about a little bit more about the food bank. Who started it? How is it funded? How has it grown? Well, you know, there's lots of different opinions of uh, how it began. 
we were founded in 1977. And from uh, what I've been told, uh, there was a group that was kind of the, more of the South Bay area of San Diego County, and they were doing stuff just around the holidays. And so they like turkey drives and holiday stuff. But then you realize that food insecurity was an issue year round. So the organization developed to a you know, year round in a small little tiny warehouse. And then I got bigger warehouse. And then I would say probably about 15 years ago, moved up to our current facility uh, here on Miramar Road, uh, which is 90,000 square feet. Ooh. And uh, so and out of that facility, this facility, you know, we're feeding, uh, well, we're distributing about 32 million pounds of food uh, a year and serving about 350,000 people a month. Wow. About four or five years ago, the North County region of San Diego County is kind of a separate community. Mm-hmm. And it and it prides itself of being a separate community. Population is about the same as Cleveland. And there was another food bank up there called the North County Food Bank, which we had a partnership with, but really had no control over. Well, they were struggling and uh, they are, are underneath another nonprofit. And really, we were looking to expand what we were doing in North County. I needed a hub in North County. And so the timing was perfect. And we acquired the North County Food Bank. And so now we have a 30,000 square foot facility up in North County as well. Where is the one in North County? Uh, in Vista. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's really great. And that's a temporary uh, pl- spot because we we inherited a um, a substandard facility when we first took over the North County Food Bank. 5,000 square feet, no loading docks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the refrigeration unit was literally the door wasn't wide enough to put a pallet of food there. So you had to take food from one pallet, put it on another. So we knew that was a problem. You know, my board wanted to be sure that the North County community would would rise up and support us, and they did. And so we uh, have a kind of a three-phase effort. The first was acquiring. The second phase is moving into a temporary facility for two or three years, which we just did back in November, 30,000 square feet, loading docks, good refrigeration, all that. And then the idea is to run a capital campaign uh, for a mega facility up there, maybe 80 to 100,000 square feet, and not have that truly mirror what we do at Miramar. We want to do a more uh, client-centric approach where actually people will come to that facility to receive services. You have a client choice pantry, which is kind of like a, a grocery store. Uh, you bring in other nonprofit partners. They call it wraparound services. So you bring in other nonprofit partners. And so uh, you know, daycare, health clinic, you know, financial uh, literacy you know, services, mental health. Because what you really want to do is make it really easy for people to get the services they need so they're freed up to be able to go to school or go to work and not run around all day trying to get the services they need. I see. How interesting. Is this a growing trend amongst nonprofits to try and do, as you say, these wraparound services? You do hear about it. I'd like to tell you that I invented that term, but of course I didn't. And <laughs> so you are starting to see it because you really need a holistic approach. And the one thing I've learned in my seven years here is that food is the great convener, but people who are food insecure probably have a whole host of other challenges and problems. And uh, But the food brings them in. And then by bringing them in, then you can start providing these other services. And ultimately, everything we do is about breaking the cycle of poverty and helping people become independent and self-sufficient. And so really, it's about lifting people up. So it's about proper nutrition, it's about academic performance, it's about disease prevention, it's a lot of different things that all kind of are some of the uh, societal ills, but you can track almost all or many of those societal ills back to poor nutrition uh, and poverty. 
Mm, interesting. Really fascinating. Uh, there were a lot of people in those photographs who were working hard to distribute food. Who who are they? Well, volunteers of the San Diego Food Bank, plus CERT, you know, uh, that's a community emergency response teams, and they are used a lot during disasters. And then, you know, we've partnered with organized labor before, knew we wanted to do a distribution at the stadium. And so there's a lot of bureaucratic red tape you have to go through. But then we realized that the uh, labor council had already reserved the stadium. They had done the paperwork already. And they said, hey, why don't you just come and join in with us? And we do this thing pretty good. So it was like, wow, that's that's too easy. So it was. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. And they've done large like toy drives and all that. So they had a, a science of how to do it. And so that was awesome. So we probably had 60 or 80 volunteers out there. And like I said, we got through a thousand cars in less than 90 minutes. That's really amazing. So tell me um, in the mission or the hopes and dreams of the food bank, who are you hoping to serve? Well, a lot of people associate food banks with uh, feeding the homeless. And while we do do that, it is part of our service population. It's really about 5% of our service population. Mm -hmm. People are really surprised uh, to learn that. So the way our service population breaks down, uh, it's the working poor. It's actually a large number of our of our service population, the working poor. Uh, these are people that really need more of a hand up than a handout. They're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to put food on the table. They're having a hard time making ends meet. And then when they do you know, provide food to their families, uh, they can't afford healthy food. And we know that uh, nutrition-related diseases link to poverty. And so that's where we get into poor academic performance, obesity, diabetes, a lot of things related back to a poor diet. So uh, the working poor, uh, seniors on a fixed income, you know, people who thought they were going to have enough to retire and it didn't turn out that way. Uh, children live in poverty, which it's certainly not their fault that they were born into poverty, but they have such hardship and they've got, you know, a couple strikes against them uh, from the get-go. And then uh, one of the things that surprised me the most is uh, active duty military. Oh, we boy. feed a lot of active duty military and San Diego has the highest, the largest military-based population in the world. In that article from the San Diego Union-Tribune, there were a couple of quotes from people in their cars who were really delighted to be getting food. And it seemed to me that they all were probably fall in that category of working poor. That was just my guess based on what they were saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we saw people, you could tell they were leaving, living in their vehicles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we really realized that, you know, really logistically can really only do a thousand cars uh, at a time. And that, yeah, that filled the huge parking lot at the stadium. We had cars wrapped around the stadium, mm-hmm. uh, but I bet you 3000 cars showed up. Oh, wow. So you were limited that day just to a thousand cars because of the amount of food that you had or, or what? You're just trying to see what's a, what, what you can do feasibly, right? I we see. know we're going to do more of these distributions. But we thought that was a good number. Uh, we're we're monitoring because our you know the spike in demand uh, from our agencies and the community is insane. It's probably doubled. Oh. We're every day you know this thing changes like every 24 hours, and we're adjusting. You know we got another mass distribution coming up on this Friday at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. The following week we're going to do down one down in South Bay in Chula Vista. Then we'll do one more East County at Grossmont Center. So there's more to come. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this was our maiden voyage. We thought this was a good uh, amount of people uh, to hit. 
And, uh, and we're just really what we're trying to do is just shorten some of the lines at some of our distribution sites. And was there any kind of a screening process or if somebody showed up, did they get food? How did you handle that? Well, part of the product that we were distributing comes from a federal program called Emergency Food Assistance Program. And so their requirements are that the people receiving the food are under 230% of the federal poverty uh, level. Pretty much all thousand cars that showed up all got the food. And if you're losing, uh, if you're just missing a paycheck or you're not getting paid anymore, you certainly fit uh, under that. Mm-hmm. Good. And aren't there days when that you're not having these kinds of events? Are there places that people can go for food? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're worried about public panic. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be enough food and that people are going to, you know, kind of freak out. So in all of our outreach, all our media and all that, you know, what we say at the very beginning, okay, so this is what we do for a living. Uh, before the crisis, we were feeding 350,000 people a month. We've got 200 distribution sites. We have a network of 500 nonprofits with feeding programs. We got this. This is what we do for a living. The infrastructure, uh, the uh, food chain, so to speak, is solid. Really, it's pretty simple. It's just on us to have enough food in that food chain. So we, you know, we hear from our, our nonprofit partners, their lines are doubling, you know, mm-hmm. so we just got to get more food there. We're building some infrastructure. We've hired nine staff members. Um, we're doing some things to do some outreach to seniors. And then of course, you know, we're doing some of these mass distributions. And so we're just kind of things that we probably would not even consider doing three or four weeks ago. Um, and that's one of the things I'm really proud about with this uh, organization that because we're local and we're independent, and we, we live outside the box. We're very entrepreneurial. So when we see an opportunity or we see a, a problem, um, we, in very quick fashion, can pivot, create a strategy, create a new program. And that's kind of just in our DNA. And so, you know, uh, when the COVID-19 really started to take off, we were ready. And, and, we're, and we are. And we're so far so good. I mean, we're, like I said, adjusting this thing changes every 24 hours. But I think... Uh, we're probably distributing about 100,000 pounds a day Wow! just to our nonprofit partners. And that doesn't include all the other distributions we're doing, which um, we're doing about 100 distributions a week outside of those 500 nonprofits. Where does the food come from? Uh, great question. So it comes from a, a few different areas. Uh, so as I mentioned, we run two federal programs in, in conjunction with the USDA. So the first one is um, a senior program where the seniors get a 36-pound box of food, uh, balanced diet, as prescribed by the USDA. And then we have that TFAP program that I mentioned. Uh, so those, in a typical year, that'll be about 12 million pounds. Maybe this year it'll be a little more, 14 or 15 million pounds. And then um, we get food, about a couple million pounds from food drives that we do, and the rest we purchase. Oh, I see. We purchase a lot of food. These numbers are just stunning. Can you give me a sense of how much, how many pounds of food we eat in a day? Well, uh, you know, I, I didn't come up with these formulas, but uh, we, we they're, they're common in the food bank community. So somehow somebody came up with a calculation that 1.2 pounds of food makes a meal. Okay. And don't, you know, don't ask me where that came from. Yeah, right, sure. That's the standard that everybody uses. So, you know, three meals a day for an individual, what's that, 3.6? Mm -hmm. Uh, pounds a day. So, uh, you know, last year we did 32 million pounds of food. Before the crisis, we were tracking about 38 million pounds. 
And then with the COVID-19 and, and uh, us really upping our game, I mean, we will exceed uh, 40 million pounds this year easily, if not more. Wow. It's amazing. Tell us about the Food Bank's Recycling and Composting Center. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really cool program. And again, kind of goes back to us being independent and uh, entrepreneurial. So we really, uh, you know, our, our mandate is not to be environmental. I mean, that's not our that's not our job. Our job is feeding people. Mm. But we really realized, discovered that if we we're more environmentally conscious, we could save a lot of money, which means we could feed a lot more people or provide more food. Uh, so we embarked on this uh, this endeavor, and uh, we uh, have 1,400 solar panels on the roof, uh, which saves us about $120,000 a year, which equates to about 600,000 meals. Oh. And mm-hmm. we were putting in about a half of, about 600,000 pounds a year uh, into the landfill. So it's food that's donated, you know, some spoilage from produce, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we were putting about 600,000 pounds of refuse in the landfill. And we came across a company based out of uh, uh, New Jersey. Um, I think it's uh, Four Solutions. I believe that's the name of their, na- their name. And anyway, they have some technology that we jumped on. And so we uh, can take food product and take it, uh, make it into compost in five days. And then what happens? Well, so we're making, we're doing, we're creating about 80 to 100 cubic yards of compost a month. Now we could sell it, but we choose not to because we consider ourselves a nutrition bank. We've really evolved away from being a food bank. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is about nutrition. And so we have a lot of those 500 nonprofit partners that have community gardens. Mm. It's kind of a new, nice story. We take the product, we turn it to compost, we give it to our nonprofit partners for free, and they use it in their, their community gardens, growing fresh fruits and vegetables for people in need. How cool is that? It is so cool. And then we did some other stuff. We have, if you go into our freezer, we have a thing in the freezer called phase change material. It kind of looks like ice cube trays, and it holds in the cold. So it allows us to turn the compressors off at night. Oh, about 7 p.m. We don't have to turn it back on to 7 a.m. So it actually saves uh, energy, which saves money. Sure. Um, so we went through the whole process and about, we won about a half dozen awards about three years ago, maybe yeah. four, three, four years ago. We were awarded a lead gold version four award. And uh, what we've been told is we're the first food warehouse in the world to achieve that. Oh, wow. That's really great. Congratulations. Very cool. So let's go back to this consolidation with the North County Food Bank. Yeah. What, what drove that consolidation? Well, it's an interesting dynamic here, and I don't know that I fully even realized it as much as until I really got up to North County, is that you know North County is considers itself a, a separate region from the rest of San Diego County. And part of that is just the uh, really bad traffic coming to and from L.A., and it's just so somebody in North County to get down to San Diego, it's just it's, uh, painful for them. So they are this kind of separate region. We always served North County, but we really felt that North County was being underserved. And, and North County has um, a lot of affluence, but they also have a lot of poverty. And a lot of people said, what are you doing up in North County? There's no, there's no you know, poverty in North County, which is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. some of the cities up there have some of the highest rates of poverty mm-hmm. uh, in the county. And so, all right, well, we need to, we need to serve, we need a hub up there to be able to facilitate that. Because one of the ways, and I've already mentioned this, the way we distribute a lot of food is through nonprofit partners. 
So those nonprofit partners typically come to the warehouse in Miramar to pick up the food. Well, coming all the way down here created hardship for them. Mm -hmm. It was an all-day trip, and it was, you know, and it, and so it was difficult for them. And then we have a lot of corporate partners that are up in the North County area that want to volunteer for us, but they, you know, it's difficult for them to get down here. So we really realized uh, we need a North County hub. We need a facility up there so that we can, those agencies can come to the North County, get their product, their food, what have you. So right when we were kind of, had come to that conclusion, uh, the North County Food Bank, which was previously run under North County Community Services, and again, a partner of ours, so I mean, a great relationship. And so they brought in a new CEO and we had people, you know, in the community, community leaders, and that said, you know, really the North County Food Bank is really struggling and really somebody needs to go in there and take that over. So I'm thinking, oh, well, that, you know, we're kind of thinking of doing this and <laughs> you're telling me that. And then they brought in a new CEO and she and I met and she said, you know, we really just want to get back to our core mission. And really, you know, uh, running a food bank is not our level, our, our area of expertise. I Would see. you guys be interested in taking us over? And so we say acquired is the friendliest acquisition you probably would ever, uh, you would ever find. And so we did it in pretty quick fashion. We took over, they had really no liabilities and no assets, um, you know, a lease on a truck and a lease on a building. We took that over. We added immediately, you know, overnight, we added $350,000 of uh, expenses by doing that. But my board was uh, very supportive because we, our job is feeding people. Uh, so we did the acquisition and then we kind of took it, I don't want to say slow because we were operating out of that facility and, uh, and just, you know, we were immediately serving 30,000 more people a month, like, you know, almost overnight. Yeah. We added about 60 more uh, nonprofit partners. Uh, but we weren't going to move until we really found out if the North County community was going to, you know, step up and, and financially support us. And they did. And uh -huh. it actually overwhelmed us how that what level of support it was. And it was really emotional for us. And, and uh, to see how the North County community really came together and they really want say, Hey, we got our own food bank here. Let's support it. And so it's been a wonderful, uh, uh, it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, we have um, doubled or tripled the amount of food um, up there, distributed, doubled the number of people served. Uh, we have a program. It's one of our Hallmark programs, uh, the Food for Kids Backpack Program, kids that don't get, uh, who don't eat over the weekend, we give them a backpack of food. We've tripled the number of backpack schools uh, in North County, uh, and we've just begun, and we've just begun. How would how do you feel as though San Diego is situated relative to other California communities in terms of meeting the needs of the people who need food? Well, you know, there uh, I've been told by statewide officials that we're the San Diego Food Bank is considered one of the top two food banks uh, in the state. I see. We are independent, you know, and uh, we are told by many that we are considered the or the one of the top independent food banks uh, in the United States. I just finished uh, two years as the, there's a statewide association called the California Association of Food Banks. And that's the 41 food banks in California. And I just finished two years as the board chair. And uh, I'm the first board chair uh, in the history of the organization to be from an independent food bank. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and uh, you know, we did some great things and uh, it was a great board. And uh, we kind of did some things, made some uh, alterations to the organization, really got them back on track. 
uh, it was a second job. It wasn't like a second part-time job. It was a, it was like another <laughs> full-time job. Um, but it was really gratifying. It was fun. And, um, really got to know a lot of my peers up and down the state through this process. And they got to know me and, and what we do here. And so it was, it was a, uh, you know, two years as board chair was certainly enough, but, uh, it was a great experience. Are there any local heroes that you want to give a shout out to either donors or grocers that have been generous or other agencies? Oh, you got an hour. I mean, uh, you know, the thing is we, you know, we, uh, you know, there's some catchphrases we use. It, it takes a community uh, to feed a community and we've been doing this for so long and uh, we're only as good as the people who support us. So, you know, our, technically our name is the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego food bank. So there's two people, uh, Irwin Jacobs and Steve Cushman, who have been big supporters of ours through the years. And then about a year or two before I came here, they paid off the mortgage uh, on our warehouse on Miramar. And that's uh, made us debt free. And they let us really build reserves. And so, I mean, they a tip of the hat to both of those. Uh, Irwin Jacobs is the uh, founder of Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, uh, but then, you know, grocery stores, I got to say Vons, uh, Albertsons, but especially Vons. And they're merged now. They've been just huge, huge uh, supporters of ours. And uh, we do a lot of food drives with them. So that has been a remarkable experience. And just, we're just, um, someone once referred to food banks as the golden retriever of charities. You know, who doesn't like a golden retriever, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing really controversial. No one's going to say, I'm against feeding military. I'm against feeding kids that don't eat over the weekend. I'm against feeding seniors, that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's just so gratifying to see um, how people value us and view us. And we are known, you know, as as one of the top two or one of the top three premier nonprofits, not just feeding organizations, but nonprofits in San Diego. And we take great pride that uh, we run um, the food bank like a business, which uh, anybody who tells you that a nonprofit shouldn't be run like a business is crazy. Uh, that's the way I was taught my first nonprofit job, and that's the way I've always done it. And I'm surprised when I see nonprofits that don't run like a business. So the business community loves us. They see mm-hmm. the efficiencies, the effectiveness, and how we really do run like a business. I have an incredible uh, staff. Uh, my the three VPs that I inherited are you know three most talented people I've ever worked with uh, in my career, and it's a really kind of strange dynamic because it's four like-minded people who literally think with one mind. Um, we can look at each other, make eye contact. And it's like a 10 minute conversation and, and it's, and they're just driven. And it's just like, it's never good enough. You know, when I came here, I think we were doing 18 million pounds a year, maybe 16. You know, we did 32 last year, tracking over 40. Uh, we've built uh, strong reserves. So we had that six months of operating, which is kind of uh, the gold standard for nonprofits. Nice. We have, 90, we have 93 cents of every dollar going directly to program services. That's unheard of uh, in nonprofits. Um, and we've built something really special here and we've built a culture. So the people who work here are here because they want to be here. It's not a job. It's they're here because they want to uh, feed people. They want to make an impact in the community. And that, that's who you want to be with. And I would tell you that probably we have 70 staff members now. We probably have 500 years of food banking experience on staff and just my three VPs and me, uh, 47 years of food banking experience. Wow. That's awesome. That's really great. It's fun. I, you know what? I mean, the COVID-19 is horrible and we're working so hard, 
but everybody here is just really up for the task and uh, we're enjoying the challenge. I want to ask you to look into your crystal ball and thank you for this uplifting message, but now I'm going to bring you down. When you look forward over the next six months, what, what do you see happening in uh, the terms of needs for food? Um, I'd like to give you kind of a, a you know, a, you know, tongue in cheek answer and say, we'll see. Yeah. So we don't know. I mean, you know, it changes and it was going to be end of March. It was going to be end of April. And, you know, so we're planning at least the, we're, our current situation with COVID-19 to at least go to the end of May. So we're fully planning for at least this being the next two months. Um, this is the new normal. We're seeing people are starting to calm down a little bit. I think people are finding a routine. They're finding the new normal. Uh, people aren't quite as frantic as they were. You know, as I mentioned to you, we've really put a lot of time and effort into really reassuring the community. We have enough food, the system's in place, you know, we're going to be okay. I see. My staff put in a million dollar food order last week. Wow. And, and trying to meet, and then it won't be the last one and guaranteed it won't be the last one. So we're evaluating as we go, we're changing things and adding things as we go. Um, but there is a school of thought um, that this will die down during the summer. And then, uh, during cold and flu season next fall next winter it'll come back mm -hmm. and so we're preparing for that and uh, we do a program that is uh, uh, really unique among food banks it's called a repack program so we purchase 2,000 pound totes of rice beans and oatmeal the staples and we have a machine that'll repack those bags into one pound bags and uh, and so we're actually going to make a capital investment to buy a new machine our mm -hmm. current machine does 2,000 bags an hour. Uh, we're, this new machine does 5,000 bags an hour. It'll take us about three months to get that up and running. But our goal is that if it does come back, we will have, uh, we've learned our lessons and we're going to be ready to go. And, you know, and it's not rocket science. It's basically supply chain. You have your distribution model, you have your sources of food, and you get the food out in the community. And, uh, and we're, you know, as I probably mentioned earlier in our conversation, Things that we would never even consider doing, you know, a month ago, we're doing because that was what was needed. Um, and so a very long answer to your very short question is we have no idea, but we are strengthening our infrastructure and we're going to be ready for anything. And how can uh, listeners get involved if they would like to? Well, I mean, we need volunteers. Our, we have an army of 20,000 volunteers and typically we'd have like almost 30,000 volunteer visits a year. And the value of all that volunteerism is about $1.8 million of free labor. So we, a lot of those volunteer groups, about four or 500 companies, you know, they do like community outreach, community service projects, that sort of thing. And so in the first week or 10 days, we had 50 groups canceled representing 1,400 volunteers. We're like, uh oh, yeah. And so we put the word out for individuals and they've been stepping up and we've put all the precautions in place in the warehouse, social spacing, hand sanitizer, gloves, hand washing stations, what have you. But our volunteer groups are now, instead of being 40, they're 20. Mm -hmm. We had a problem early on with people signing up for a shift and then just not showing up and not telling us. Yeah. That seems to have maybe improved. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have that. So I needed volunteers and I need money. I mean, that sounds, you know, it's sad to say everything comes back to money, but, um, you know, we're, giving 100,000 pounds of food out a day to our nonprofit partners, 
you know, we're going to have to purchase a lot more food to make sure we keep uh, keep the uh, wheels rolling. And so we're very actively seeking donations uh, from uh, you know, kind investors who want to invest in, in this uh, solution. So far, you know, knock on wood, uh, the community is, is rising to the occasion and they've been very generous. Good. Well, thank you so much for the work that you do, Jim. And before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners where they can find to donate or really anything you'd like them to know? SanDiegoFoodBank.org will set you free. It has everything you, <laughs> it has everything you want. So first of all, if you need help, SanDiegoFoodBank.org backslash get help. Um, we list each Sunday the list of the distributions coming up. Uh, that coming week and it's about you know it's over a hundred a week um so there you know it's somewhere near you they're all strategically laid out so if you need to get help boom you can uh, go to to the the food bank if you want to make a financial contribution you can make an online contribution we can actually take one dollar and leverage that into five meals which is pretty uh, pretty incredible and then we have something that's uh, super nifty is we have a, a a virtual food drive where people can actually go online and buy food uh, on our behalf. It looks like a little storefront with shelves and people can click on a, a product, drag it across a scanner, creates uh, their grocery bill. And then uh, we can customize a virtual food drive for an individual, for a corporation, any group or what have you. There's a place that somebody looks at it and sees where there's a, there's a box where our logo is. Our logo goes away. And suddenly that company name or whatever it is goes up there and they get a special link that's just for them. And then they can do with that link as they please. They can email it out to all their friends and neighbors, uh, their corporate contacts. We have companies that are doing internal uh, drives and and it's a great way. And I would probably tell you probably have 50 or 75 unique individualized virtual food drives going on right now. Because again, the community is rallying around their local food bank and, uh, and, you know, it's their way of helping. Well, thanks again for everything you do. And thanks for coming on the show, Jim. Well, thank you. And, you know, thanks for helping us get the word out because, you know, we want people be cool. We got this. We'll get through this together. Calm calm heads will prevail. There's enough food. And together, sense of community, we'll get through all this. That's it, everybody. You've made it through another episode of Dear Discreet Guide, Trouble at Work. During the pandemic, we'll be changing our format in honor of those who are quarantined or working on the front lines. We'll put out shorter shows on a daily or near daily basis early in the morning to start your day on a positive and interesting note. We'll be considering work-related issues relevant while COVID-19 is impacting the world. If you have a question or a comment or a message for our listeners, please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us through the website, discreteguide.com, D-I-S-C-R-E-E-T, where you can also find other resources about working better together. Thank you for joining my quest to improve our workplaces, our work lives, and our lives in general. And thanks for listening. We look forward to returning to our old format when the world has returned to a more normal state. In the meantime, please hang in there, stay safe, and know that I care about you.